0: The views expressed in TNT Trish and Terry Show are for entertainment purposes only. You're listening to TNT Trish and Terry Show, and we're starting right now. Call me I sent her the same. And I think we have Kristen Creech with us, correct? Yes, I'm here. Awesome. Well, Welcome, Kristen.
1: Kristen. Yay! Hey.
0: You are connected with TNT, Trish, and Terry, and I am so thrilled we get to have you today, everybody. This is going to be a dynamite segment for our um, episode, but it's not the dynamite question. That is coming later, and I don't even know that Kristen knows about that, but we'll 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 inform her. So the reason why we wanted to have Kristen on is because in our last episode we started discussing some things concerning having your child tested um, if they were considering having um, ADHD diagnosis. And it made me think of Kristen and Kristen has such an impactful uh, history and she's got a great testimony. And I would love to hear from her Um, when she walks in the room this girl is not only beautiful, she has a ton of energy. She is productive. She's a goal setter. And even more importantly, she's a goal achiever. She's an artist. Um, she's involved with communication. She's a communications director. But I think her best job and the one she loves the most is as mom. So, yes. <laughs> That's absolutely. the most challenging it is. It's the hardest one out of all of them. No, most definitely. <laughs> <laughs> But Kristen, I would love for you um, to give us a little bit of background on you. Um, I know that you're, you're married and you have three children and just take us back in time a little bit and uh, give us your story. I know you've got some things that are relative for our audience and the things you've experienced. I just want to hear the whole thing.
2: Sure. Well, first, I just want to start off by saying thank you so much for all the kind of words that you said about me. That was really sweet, and I really appreciate those kind of things you said. I um, did not make them up and <laughs> is not paying me to say it. It's all genuine. All I'm genuine. not. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I'm, I've been married to my husband, Brandon, for 11 years, and we do have three children, uh, Liam, Caroline, and Catherine. And uh, Liam being our oldest, he's a, he's 10, just turned 10. Cannot believe that? I can't believe it. Time has flown. And um then we have Caroline who is our eight-year-old and Catherine who is our five-year-old. And um, so Liam being our first, we had no issues, healthy birth, healthy baby, very smart kid. And then two years later, um, we had Caroline in 2015. And um when she was born, she literally right out of the womb was completely, totally silent, was not crying. Mm-hmm. Um, she was totally healthy. Uh, there was no health concerns whatsoever. It was just, I thought it was strange how, like, most babies um, cry first coming out of the womb. And she was completely silent. And um, they handed her to me. And she may have, like, whimpered every now and then. But but as far as, like, actually crying, she didn't really cry. And so, um, but I didn't think much about it. I was just like, oh, she's, you know, she's just going to be a calm, sweet little angel. Um, <laughs> and she is. You know, but- I mean,
0: really, when you're so elated at birth. The, the last thing you suspect is having a calm, sweet baby might be cause to think elsewhere. So right. keep going. Keep going.
2: Right. So um, well, she was born very early in the morning, like around 625 in the morning. And um, so she later that afternoon, the nurse came in and gave her a bath. And then after her bath, they were like, we're going to go ahead and do her hearing test since she's nice and cozy. And uh, they want him to be very still. She was sleeping at the time. So we're going to go ahead and do her hearing test. So um, they did the hearing test, normally takes about five minutes, and she did not pass. And Mm. um, I wasn't too concerned at the time. However, I did still keep in mind, like my mind immediately went back to the fact that she was totally silent when she was first born. And so Mm. I feel like some some worry did start to set in. But the nurse assured me that babies fail their hearing test all the time. It's most likely just fluid in her ears and that they'll test her again uh, tomorrow afternoon or the next day. So um, again, I wasn't really thinking about it too much, but it was kind of in the back of my mind. So the next day comes around and um, we've really been enjoying her and just enjoying our, the time of the three of us in the hospital. But then the nurse comes in to do the hearing test and um, again, she fails the second time. So then I'm really concerned at the, at this point. And the nurse still tries to assure me that she is probably totally fine. She starts asking about family history. We have no hearing loss on either side of our families. Um, so she tried to assure me that it was totally fine. I still didn't need to worry that sometimes it can take, you know, up to 10 days for the fluid to clear out of their ears and that babies come back all the time and will pass. So, um, but and as this a mom. that's what you
0: wanted here too, as you, you know, you've just gone through nine months of pregnancy then labor, then birth, and you know, you don't feel your greatest after you have a baby, so right. having some reassurance, I yeah. don't know if, if I had been in that situation, I would have been kind of gearing more towards the reassurance, even with those pieces starting to fit together mm-hmm. in your mm-hmm. mind, where you're like, hmm, that's odd, that's odd, when you have medical reassurance, it, it does help you, but you, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know what was going on in your mind at that time, other than it as a young mom, you know, under those kind of pressures, you're probably still going to err on the side of okay, that that's cool, we'll just wait, right? Right.
2: Right. And I think that I was so desperately trying to cling to that reassurance that she kept giving me. However, yes. as as a mom, y'all know, we have that motherly instinct and I could right. just feel inside mm-hmm. of my bones that something was not right. And wow. so um So she was like, we'll bring her back in 10 more days. And so during those 10 days, it was the longest 10 days of my entire life. (laughs) And I'm sure and babies sleep all the time. And I had had a baby two years earlier. So I remember how much they slept, but it was still hard to remember. Like, well, you know, I, I kept trying to compare Caroline with Liam. Well, Liam didn't do this. Liam wasn't sleeping this much. And, and so I was, and I would always constantly try to make noises to see if she was responding But then I'm like, well, do newborns respond to noises all the time? They sleep through stuff all the time. So it was just like a back and forth game in my mind of she can't hear. No, she can't. She can hear. No, she can't. And, um, (laughs) but but I Mm -hmm. think most of the time I just, I knew, I knew that um, she could not hear. And and at one point, Brandon uh, started making, he laid her on our bed, started making noises and she would move a little bit and he's like, see, she can hear. And I'm like, I'm telling you right now, she cannot hear us. She does not hear anything. So wow.
0: your motherly instinct
2: is really wow. on high alert right now. It does. Wow. Right. Right. And I think yeah. that with Brandon, he, um, he was trying to cling to that reassurance too from the nurse that like, we don't have hearing loss in our family and that right. most babies will come back and pass. So I totally get where he was coming from. And, um, so we go back 10 days later and my husband had to work that day. So it was me. I went and took Caroline to the doctor by myself. And it was the same nurse and um, she did the hearing test and I could just see in her face that she did not pass. And so when she came to tell me, um, she confirmed what I already knew that she could not hear and that we were going to have to go back in about six weeks to have a test called an ABR. And that would show us just how severe her hearing loss would be. And so, so the first um,
0: three hearing tests, were they m- getting more and more um, stringent or were they all pretty much the same? And then this new test she's referring to, that's like the big one that that goes into far more detail. Is that right? Yes. The first way?
2: Yes. The first three tests were all the same. And it's just the one where they stick the little electrodes on their head and the mm-hmm. um, under their hat. And and then the second one would um, would be whenever we had it six weeks later. Um, like I said, it's an ABR and it shows you just how severe the hearing loss is. It gives you like an audiogram and shows you like how loud a sound has to be in order for them to be able to hear it. And so we went and had the test done. It was a almost, I want to say a three hour test. And, wow. oh, um, my goodness. Yeah. They had That's us, like, a long
1: three hours. Has been it too?
2: <laughs> very much so. And, um, on the inside, I was thinking like, okay, well maybe it's just like a little bit of hearing loss, you know, maybe Maybe she'll only need hearing aids. And at the time, I didn't know much about cochlear implants. I had heard of them, but I wasn't sure how successful they were. So, um, but after that three hours, the audiologist came back in and she just, she looked devastated for us and, and delivered the news that Caroline is profoundly deaf and that she would have to be standing, in order for her to hear, it would have to be as loud as her standing next to a jet engine taking off. Oh my goodness. So this is, this is very, very, very
0: deep hearing loss, correct? Very, I mean, this yes. is, that's massive. Okay. It's the
2: highest level. Yes.
0: Oh my goodness.
2: So, um, of course we were just devastated, heartbroken, does not even come close to explaining how we felt. And it just, it really seemed like, how do you go on from here? Because you just, you want the best for your child in any situation. And, trying to figure out where to go from a situ- in a situation that you've never even thought twice about before in your life was just, it, it stressed me out more than anything I could have ever imagined. And uh, I think that with her being my first daughter, a daughter was something that I had always dreamed of having. And so yeah. that crushed me even more, I think to know that, um, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want it for any of my children, but it did right. make it a little bit harder. <laughs>
0: You were going to have one of each, oh, right. right?
2: And you know, you're going to have the perfect family.
0: And right. I, that, that,
2: that
1: perfect family of four we all talk about. Right. Well, family I, of four I, and a dog.
2: Funny, right. The funny thing is, I actually I always wanted three. So,
0: but, but so was she was
2: just on that friend. path, right? Right. She was just on the path to getting there. Well, and, you know,
0: as a parent, I, with a child, with a diagnosis, and I know Terry can relate to this. Because when your child is given something that you can't fix, right? That, as a parent, it just mm-hmm. it crushes you because you're constantly replaying hearing those words in your head. Yes. Right? And your job as a parent is to protect and fix and fix you, can you fix know it. comfort. And mm-hmm. in that kind of case, Kristen, how did you guys handle that? That feeling of this is this is not something we can Control, this is out of our hands.
2: Yeah, control is the key word there because that is exactly my personality type, like in a nutshell. I don't like to refer to myself as a control freak, but there are a lot of areas where I am a control freak and I'm just, over the years, I've slowly had to learn to back off in certain scenarios and I'm still a work in progress because I do still like control over certain areas. But at that time specifically, to know that I could do nothing about it was just soul crushing, because mm. I wanted to do everything that I could to change it. I wanted to take her place. I wanted I, don't, I wanted it to be anybody else except my child, which is very or, selfish sounding. But um it just It's felt a very real right. feeling. It's right. It felt feeling. very unfair. And right. I and people would say, um, I even have family members say to me, like, well, you know, it could be worse. You could be like this parent, their child has, you know. <clears throat> You don't need to,
1: yeah, and you don't want to hear that. But it doesn't, it doesn't
2: matter because um, you can't minimize, you can't minimize what someone's going through based off of comparing it to what someone else is going through because everybody has the right to feel grief, no matter what the situation is.
0: Absolutely, absolutely.
2: So, um, but I think that over time, you know, I would, I would spend weeks crying. And crying and crying and and brandon would always try to tell me you know you can't do anything about it and i'm like i know that's why i'm crying
0: (laughs) right right (laughs) because when you're when you're high drive female and a mom it's like both those things are just like going to culminate into one pinpoint and how did you i mean were were there moments where you could get to the practical side get through the grief get to the practical Mm -hmm. side and say okay here is a possible plan because I know that helps me. If I just have a plan to deal with it, doesn't mean the outcome is going to be perfect, but I have to have a process. I don't know if that happened for you guys or if that's how you handle it. Um, it, You know, I I think the story is so impactful because we've got people going through things with their children and it it may not be um, hearing deficiency, which uh, apparently the statistics on that are phenomenal 1.7 per thousand newborns will be diagnosed with severe hear- hearing impairment I did not know it was that high um, but how did you guys get to a place where you could say okay we've got to come together we've got to get a hold of ourselves yeah. and we've got to move on for our daughter how did you get there Oops, I think we got disconnected oh uh, can you hear me I can hear you I cannot oh. hear her I'm going to pause this and you know how did you and Brandon come together to to kind of finalize where you were going to go in what direction because I know if I'm dealing with something that's harsh and there's only been a handful of times and I've never dealt with this okay this is individualistic to you all but Mm -hmm. if that's me I have to have a plan or I go crazy I have to have somebody telling me here's some things you can do because if I'm told there's nothing I can do that's the bottomless pit right so how did you guys come together
2: and get to that point and where did you go from there So um, I remember that the hospital set us up with a couple of agencies and one of the agencies that we had come to our house and meet with us was called Georgia Pines. And there was a woman there, a woman who came and she was able to tell me all about hearing loss and you know what to expect. And, um, and she then told me about cochlear implants, which like I mentioned earlier, I had heard of before, but I wasn't sure how successful and As I also said earlier, you know, you always want the best for your child and you always, you you never want to have to think about them being the child who's different in a classroom full of normal, air quote, normal. Right, right. You want them to fit in. Right. For sure. Right. And so, um, but she had worked with a family previously who had gone through the same scenario as us. And her daughter had cochlear implants. And at this time, I think her daughter was now like in the fourth or fifth grade. And when she showed me videos of this child and just how normal, again, air quote, normal she was and how normal her speech sounded and how clear she sounded when she spoke. um, I was like, that is what I want for my child. And so um, from then on, I was able to get connected with the same hospital that that other student had gone to and the same doctor that she had visited. And, um, just, I was able to get on a path from there and I think it was at eight, yeah, eight months old, Caroline was able to get her cochlear, her first cochlear implant, which is just almost unheard of in in the U S because it used to be the FDA didn't approve it until they were two and then they moved it down to one. And so the earlier, the better, you know, early intervention. I would, I wouldn't classify it as a brain surgery because they're not actually going into their brain. However, Um, of course our brain is the part of our it's it's the organ that um, without our brain we can't hear of course but it's mainly the auditory nerve and so so they implant a magnet internally that has a tail of electrodes that come off of it the electrodes are what allow her to hear all of the different frequencies of sound and so um, they go and they they wind the electrode into her cochlea they bypass um the little hairs, they're called sensory neural hairs inside of our ears that we have. And that on her is what um she was born with that was damaged. So they bypass all the hairs, go through through the through the cochlea and attach it to their auditory nerve. And that's what allows her to be able to hear. Wow. And, um What an it amazing surgery. Oh my gosh. Right. That again. Is that uh, an overnight
1: stay or is that a, how long is the child in the, in the hospital? For
2: oh yeah. It, it was a, it was a outpatient surgery. So she got wow. home the very same day and, um, they always told us, you know, babies go through the surgery so much better than grown adults or even like older children who end up getting it later in life. Um, and she did, I mean, she bounced back the very next day was acting like her total self again. And she, of course, whenever you, you have the surgery you don't hear yet you have to go back um either three or four weeks later and then they activate the external piece that sits on their ear oh. and so it wasn't like they turn it on and bam she can hear everything because she had never heard her name before and we were all like caroline caroline and then it's like you don't think about the fact that oh she doesn't know her name is caroline because she's never heard it <laughs> and man she... the things we don't think about you right know, like Wow, and, and she didn't even understand what sound was, even when they turned it on, like her brain had to learn how to hear the sound and where the sound mm-hmm. was coming from. And it was just a process that took some time. And, yeah. um, and then this is a really, really cool story. And I always refer to this as our divine, our divine appointment. But, um, there was a time where Caroline was about 15 months old and we went to this little breakfast cafe and here in our hometown it's a cafe that I we never go to as a family, but my parents had invited us to go to breakfast with them one morning, and we were like, sure, we'd love to go. So we go. We took Caroline, and um, there was a a couple in there eating breakfast together, and the woman came over to us, and she saw Caroline with her cochlear implant, and she was like, she was like, I hope that I'm not intruding. She said, but I saw your daughter with her cochlear implant on. She said, and I just have to come introduce myself. She said, my name is Tracy Edinfield, and I am the director for a school in Savannah for children who are born with hearing loss. And she You said, are oh, kidding wow. me. Right. And she said, "We Like, teach, what so- are the odds? It's another right. the odds moment. You are
0: kidding me. Right. Someone from a, he- a school for severely hearing impaired children mm-hmm. is at the same cafe that you've never been to before. And she just so happened to be there. That is a divine appointment. I right. agree.
2: <laughs> right. Right. And right. So- Um, she gave me her business card. She was telling me all about the school. And at first I was kind of like, uh, I don't know. I don't know because I was working full-time. And so it's a full-time school and it's a good 45 minute drive from our house. So there was a lot of options to weigh as far as like, how was I going to keep working? Or was I going to quit work and take her to school? And so I went and visited the school one day. And, um, after seeing just the amazing work that they do with those children there, I had to have that for her. And so it was no question about it. I knew I was going to have to quit my job eventually and um, just dedicate time to where I could take Caroline to school every single day for, I think it was three years. And um, Caroline is one of the earliest graduating students of the school, which is called Soundstart. She was four years old when she graduated Soundstart and was able to go into a mainstream classroom with no... um, no like IEP plan. She right. I was going to ask. <laughs> wow. Yeah, she was, it was totally normal. Everything was normal. Do you think having that early
0: intervention with the cochlear implants along with uh Soundstart, do you think that those things uh, assisted her in laying the groundwork and having a good foundation so she could go into a mainstream classroom and get to enjoy all the benefits
2: of that? Absolutely, and and a lot of it um, falls back on the parent, because if, if you have a parent who's like, we're going to get our child a cochlear implant so they can hear, but the parent's not willing to put in the work as far as making them wear it, because if you're going to put something foreign on their ear, something that, that oh. they're not used to wearing, they're going to want to take it off as a baby all the time. Oh, yes.
0: They're going oh, to lose yes. it,
2: and you're going to lose your mind, like I did <laughs> several times. <laughs> However... Well, can dedication. you imagine an
0: 18-month-old taking those off, unsnapping them, taking them off, which I know they can do. And 18 month old 24-month-olds, they lose stuff all the time. You oh, know, and like hide. They the like to the hide time. stuff. Right. So I've been or on many right. <laughs> Yes. Or how
1: about, how, about, how about putting it in their mouth and sucking on that? And
2: oh, yeah. <laughs> getting it oh, It's yeah. a so
0: new expensive toy.
2: <laughs> right. But if the dedication isn't there as far as, like, um, I know they don't want to wear it, but this is for their own good. And they're going to see one day that me making them do this is for their own good. So, you know, um, just getting through that hard season, because it, it's only a season that it lasts. And looking back, one of the things that I always tell people, I've been able to kind of talk to a few moms who have um, <clears throat> been in the same scenario as me. But one thing I like to always say is, you know, if I could go back and see just how okay my child was going to be, I feel like life would have been so much easier because when I think back to Caroline as a newborn, it really stinks that it's really just a blur because all I was so focused on was the worry and the fear and the anxiety. And so whenever we had the second center, the same situation happened with our third child, Catherine. um, It was like, I could just enjoy her. Did it stink having to go through it again? Yes. Was I just as heartbroken? Absolutely. But for those of you
0: that don't know, Her story didn't stop with Caroline. They had a a second daughter, their third child, with the same exact diagnosis. So not one hearing impaired child, but two out of three. But you're saying you got to enjoy uh, Catherine so much more because you had been there, done that, and you knew that the worry and anxiety Mm -hmm. could be taken away. Because the outlook, even with severe hearing impairment, is very, very good. Thank God we have great doctors great technology, great schools for this situation. Absolutely. And that's what you're saying. You could enjoy your third newborn because I mean, that time does go by briefly. And if it's all under stress and duress, mm-hmm. man, you know, that's right. a heartache.
2: Yeah. I hope I didn't jump ahead too far. I'm so sorry that, you know, if I No, did. no, no, but, no, no, um... no.
0: You're good. You take, you go where you want to go, babe.
2: <laughs> I think that, um, when I had Catherine and when I was pregnant with Catherine, uh, had built up so much hope during that pregnancy, I was like, there's no way that this is going to happen again. Again, this doesn't run in our family. And what are the chances that mm-hmm. two of my three children, again, they or they only have a 25% chance of having a hearing loss. There's no way that this is going to happen again. And so when I had Catherine, it was October of 2017. And uh, the nurse came in to do a hearing test. I was already, I was just nervous from the get go. And then she didn't pass. And Again, the reassurance from the nurse shot, it was the same exact nurse that I had with Caroline. Oh who is my
0: goodness. It oh was someone
2: I will never forget because she just touched me in a way and spoke things to me in a way that, um, that a nurse never had before. It was just the sweetest. And, mm-hmm. um, but you know, she tried to reassure me that everything was going to be okay, but you know, everything being okay. Doesn't always mean it's not always going to happen the way that we want it to. And so, um, in the end, everything is okay. And she was right. Everything is okay.
0: (laughs) Well, and now you had a path and a plan. And, you know, this, what you've been through, I think is so impactful, whether it's a parent going through um, a a hearing loss diagnosis for their newborn, or if it's a parent undergoing some other type of medical or mental diagnosis with their child, you know, you just cannot give up. And I think that's your story. Kristen and Brandon did not give up. They could have thrown in the towel and just, you know, said, well, let's just do the implants, but that's going to be the easiest thing. And we'll just, you know, not worry about it after that. But they didn't. They stayed on top of it. And that is just such a testimony and blessing. It's exhausting being a parent. And then, you know, when you're given this um, curveball and we're all given curveballs, but this is a very significant one then how you handle that is going to affect how your child progresses. And that is mm-hmm. a big, big responsibility to undertake. But if there, if you could tell parents one thing that, um, you know, maybe they're getting ready to have a newborn, maybe they've already had a child that, Might have a hearing loss, or maybe they maybe their child uh, is you know older, you know, maybe five or six years old. But maybe now some suspicion is not all hearing loss is diagnosed as a pre as newborn, right? They get a lot of them. But they get they miss them too, especially if it's not a significant hearing loss, because they may pass their newborn screenings, but right. it, they may still be struggling with hearing later on. What is, do you have any suggestions or any links or any, anything that you want to tell that parent that might be getting some suspicion about their child and hearing loss?
2: I think that the first thing would be to figure out which route you want to go, because there's several families out there who... Um, they don't feel okay with giving their child a cochlear implant because they just feel like that it should be their child's own choice. For, okay. us, um, for us, it was a no-brainer because we had been told by several audiologists that if you're going to do this, the earlier the better. And I had seen um, through Soundstart, the school that my daughters went to, I had seen children who were implanted later and how they were not as, success- not as successful uh, with clear speech and with being able to read and um, express themselves, um, that it, it wasn't as successful as doing it earlier. So, um, I think the, the best thing to do is figure out which route you want to go as far as if you want to do cochlear implants or if you want to do sign language and start as early as you can because the early intervention, your child depends on your dedication to their early intervention.
0: Well, with that, that is like that It in a nutshell. And I'm going to let that simmer in everyone's brains. The <laughs> earlier you intervene with yeah. your child on these things, the mm-hmm. better off they're going to be. And I hope you all will listen to Kristen's advice on that because she's giving you some sage advice. And I um, really appreciate this story. I think it's going to impact. Many, many yeah. people, and I think they're going to be able to relate to it no matter where they are with their family, Um, if their children are older, if they're now getting grandchildren, you know, if they've got no children. I think this is something to consider and think about and and really um, try to take some action on. Mm-hmm. But we are getting to the point in our segment, before we close up, I have a dynamite question, and it's okay. my turn to give it. And <laughs> no one is ever prepared for these <laughs> OK, if um, you and I are on the
1: chopping block, we have right, to give it, an it, answer to something. It, it, and I don't know the question either.
0: No, she okay. doesn't. I never give a heads up and she <laughs> never gives me a heads up and there's no research allowed or anything. So this is an opinion question. Okay, OK, for both of you. We just had a Super Bowl last Sunday and when there was a Super Bowl performance. Mm. What is your opinion on um musical artists and their Super Bowl performances and maybe specifically that one you got a yay or a nay or you don't care
2: (laughs) um as far as the last one goes I didn't love it um I just
1: I don't know I have to agree that that I didn't love it either (laughs) okay I'm with
0: you all. all yeah Keep I feel like you
1: could be picking out a, a, a different maybe uh, genre or uh, right. of music. I feel like the last few years we've been kind of stuck in the same kind of music. It'd be nice to maybe put up some uh, country music maybe or something like that. How about, I mean, I like think I even like Dolly Parton. or Something like, you know, we all, right. I, I don't know, but I just, I'm not a fan of any of all that. And uh, This is supposed to be also a family halftime show. And I feel like some of the gestures, possibly the outfits that they've even put on these people um, are not exactly appropriate for my family's eyes. Uh, Some people have different opinions, but I'm not okay with a lot of the gestures and outfits. So Uh, I'm a nay.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I would have to agree. I think that the the genre definitely needs to be changed up. It's definitely time. And I think that a lot of the dance moves are just overly sexualized. And yeah. I'm just not okay with my children. Nor do I want to watch that. I mean, I, I right. really don't. I mean, just keep that to yourself. Yeah. And let's do something clean and fun. It, you don't have to be nasty to have fun. Well, that, that's what well. I thought it was. Was nasty, and I thought,
0: okay. So now all we get, all we get for a Super Bowl halftime show is basically some type of visual uh, manifestation of sexuality or just bathroom gestures. And I'm like, well, gee. Gee, the bathroom gestures, I used to get that from three and four-year-olds. I've already been down that path, you know. Right? Can can we not just shut up and sing? If you can't sing without all that, then maybe you don't have good singing voice. But, you Uh know, if we could change up the genre, I love country. You know, I'm just going to go full throttle. Why not have, like, a a, a symphony? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it, well, well, it's, why not throw a bunch
1: of, of country singers or whoever together? You don't even have to specifically have one. Let's put three or four and have them do a concert together.
0: I think we should run the halftime show. I really do. Yes. I think we got See? the best ideas here, and I, I <laughs> exactly love it. it.
1: Anyway. Well, well, Kristen, thank you so much for joining us today on TNT. Absolutely. We do appreciate your time sharing your story with us. I'm sure it will touch many people. Um, I, I was going to say really quick that it, I have five children, and although all five of them are hearing, two of them did pa- did fail their test. My two mm-hmm. boys failed their test three times. So for that time where you, frame where you were speaking, where you were doing the, the, the clicks and your noise, and I didn't even enjoy mm-hmm. resting in the hospital, it was all, I, I totally relate to you on that.
2: Right. but Yeah, it's a scary so, time.
1: Yeah, it is. You do. But, you know, what you're right. You you kind of overcome and you kind of see the light after you kind of pick yourself up because you have to. And right. you move forward and you're like, I, I, this is going to be OK. And
2: I, I think I'm just so thankful that God was able to place so many people in our path who yes. were able to help guide us along the way. And, yeah. um, and how we've been able to help, you know, a family or two along the way by going through what we went through. So yeah,
1: uh, yeah. that's yeah. what
0: it's all about. That's, right. that's why we're here um, to get this information out to people. And maybe it, it may, my experience may not be Kristen's experience, but, uh, you know, at least to help things that influence and affect families. And this is one that deeply affected Kristen and wow. then people that were associated with them. And now look at these beautiful lives, how, uh, you know, Catherine and Caroline and Liam are going to go out there and touch right. other people. And right. this is going to be a big part of that. Oh. So, um, Terry, you want to take us out? Thank you so much, Kristen yeah. Terry. is going to tell us uh, how to get a hold of us and all that but, good stuff.
1: Yeah, and That's so cool. if
0: anyone has any
1: questions today or even comments about today's segment, you can definitely reach us at tntchristanterry at gmail.com. Please like us on Spotify, iTunes, and even Facebook. Leave your comments. Like, share, and spread our dynamic news, and you all have a blessed day. Thank
0: you again. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Kristen. Bye. Adios. Bye. You've been listening to TNT, Trish and Terry's show. You can find us on the web at TNTtrishanterry.com. Also, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, be sure to check us out on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and more. If you would like to drop us a line at tnttrishandterry at gmail.com, feel free to do so. We'd love to hear from you.